You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams. Today, we're going to talk about the Kentucky protests. Is it right for the protesters to send the message to Governor Bashir that they're sending? We're going to talk about business opening guidelines. There's a new set of guidelines that the CDC has put out for businesses to properly reopen. Should these things even be followed? Or is this just a mismanagement and an overreach of government? And then we're going to talk about the actual crisis that's happening. And it's not a crisis of a pandemic. It's a crisis of government mismanagement. We're going to talk about that. So let's go ahead and get started. Good afternoon, Bruce. You remembered? or I remembered. How are you? How are you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Are we repeating ourselves now? Twice? <laughs> Each time? Uh, one is to convince myself and the other one is to... Blood. Just no, reassure, uh, <laughs> reassure me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, let's start. I tell you what. Let's start with. Um, let's start with the Constitution. Right. This is a good starting point. So yesterday we were talking about how Trump was wanting to overrule the state governors on the Constitution, mm-hmm. the constitutionality of the churches being closed as non-essential, and Trump said that they needed to be reopened immediately and asked the CDC to declare them essential. And the governors are saying no. And we had said, which both of us were of the opinion that that is the state's responsibility to declare whether or not those are essential or not. And technically, the way that it was explained to me last night, I don't think that we were really as correct as we could have been. In other words, I think we were a little off. And I'll tell you why. When I had it explained to me last night, because that puzzled me a little bit, when I had it explained to me last night, Trump does have the authority to go in and override the states because, uh, and this is the only reason, is because it's federally guaranteed in our constitution at the federal level that churches are to be part of, uh, well, you can call them essential or whatever, but they're constitutionally protected. So a state can't come in and and shut it down and say, we're taking that right away from people. A state can't do that. That has to be done at the federal level, which, by the way, I mean, they can't even do it. They'd have to go through and amend the Constitution and then do it that way. But they can't even do it. This is precisely why a single U.S. state hasn't banned, outright banned firearms. So, I mean, you can see them doing little things here and there. You know, California, for example, has some of the most strict gun laws in the country and you know, amongst others, of course, but you know, a lot of New England states. But as far as churches and stuff, it's constitutionally protected. It's at the federal level. It's not at the state level. So if you were to make a same argument on like, uh, you know, I don't know, like abortion or something, then you could say, well, that would fall back under the states because that's not a constitutionally protected thing. So the federal government has no right to come in, you know, especially at the executive level and make that declaration and say whether it's essential or non-essential, that's a state issue. But churches, that is a federal issue. So, yeah, I mean, more essentially, we were we were correct in, in saying uh, it's unconstitutional to shut them down. But that's where the misunderstanding was, is that Trump could override them. Uh, I wasn't aware that he could do that. I, I thought it was, you know, down to the state level. But that makes sense when it is a constitutional violation, you know, then it would be the place of both the president and technically uh, the Supreme Court to step in and say, you know, uh, slow down. <laughs> you guys are, you know, but yeah, so I, I, I do 
Actually, I, I do hope the president does step in and say, uh, you guys need to back down because these these uh, these governors do and mayors both need to be put in their place. They're, they're they getting too um, control freakish. Well, I mean, they, they just need to be taken to politically. They need to be taken to the woodshed, don't they? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I say politically, I'm talking they need to be recalled and, and thrown out. That's what needs to happen. The states have the right to do recall votes, correct? Same thing with with a senator or representative in Congress, correct? We can recall votes and we can have them thrown out, right? And we can have an emergency election. I, it's probably going to vary by state. I'm I'm assuming, uh, but well, let, I let's, think let's do a quick one. I think I remember because you remember Scott Walker in Wisconsin about uh, about seven eight years ago. You remember that? Uh, I do. Yeah, that was an instance of a recall, I believe. So the state recalled him. I think you have to have a certain set of criteria in there in order to be recalled. And then there's another election. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what the requirements are to have a recall or, or how they go about doing okay. it. But well, it doesn't that matter. We got an election. A, that might be a, a viable thing for like Michigan, for example. Yeah. It, well, yeah, sure. Because well, I tell you what, let's talk about Michigan for a minute. I want to get into that anyway. That's not. OK, so I was I was incorrect. That is not uh, that is not Michigan. So Kentucky uh, with Governor Andy Bashir. So they're uh, they're standing outside uh, his mansion, protesting outside of his mansion. They're saying that it's a Second Amendment rally and it's meant to inspire people about what it really means to be free. The organization that's putting it up is called Take Back Kentucky, and they've attracted at least 100 people on Sunday. They gathered from one to four p.m. at the Kentucky State Capitol in Frankfurt. It began as a celebration of constitutional rights, but turned into a protest of coronavirus restrictions and Bashir's administration. Folks toted their guns and waved American and don't tread on me flags. Oh, oh, the horror of it all. It played taps to honor the fallen and free flags were given to veterans from all military branches. That's fantastic. I see no problem here. I see. Yeah, I see no issue here at all. None. Those are all um, within their legal rights. And uh, yes, honoring the fallen and honoring our troops is also a bonus. So uh, w- w- what's the issue? <laughs> mm hmm. Ed Bruce, who carried a replica colonial era gun with a tag that read first assault rifle, said he came out to make a point. The government shouldn't control. This is a quote. Government shouldn't control what types of guns he or other law abiding citizens can carry, he said, which I I want to have dinner with this guy. Bruce, who wasn't. Uh, who said he doesn't vote strictly along party lines. Good man. Quote from him, the way they've been trampling my rights here lately leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Specifically, he said, the local government has used the pandemic to restrict otherwise free movement. He's right on the money there. Tony Wheatley of the Constitutional Kentucky, invoking Benjamin Franklin, said, we have a republic if we can keep it, calling on the crowd to recognize their ownership of the Constitution. He called it legal hurdles, making it harder to protest corruption. Pastor Cliff Chrisman, said that law isn't relative, and to understand the country's laws should be to understand biblical law. This has been one of the biggest shams in world history, he said. Grown men have been hiding in their homes, nearly wetting their pants over this invisible enemy that nobody sees. Where's it at? Let it come out and face us. I serve the one true and living God who conquers all enemies. Why should we give our freedom and our liberties up for such fear and propaganda and all the garbage that is coming out of Frankfurt today? I like this guy. Can I go to his church? So he brought up an interesting point. And I've been meaning to look into this and uh, talk about it because this is something that's been bugging me as well. Uh, the freedom of movement, mm-hmm. especially when it concerns uh, moving from one state to another state or you know, vice versa. My understanding is there's nothing they can't prohibit you from moving between states. No, that's actually constitutionally protected free movement uh, in between states. Yes. 
I mean, I, I know there's the Commerce Clause covers it, but that was that's interpreted to mean more business, not necessarily freedom of travel. I don't know which one specifically covers it. Okay, so it's covered in Article Four, which is Article Four of the states. Okay, the right to travel. This is according to um, the Legal Information Institute at Cornell Law School. Okay, this is what I was able to find on it, uh, and they're they're quoting or they're um, they're referencing the Constitution here, and this is how they explain it: the doctrine of the right to travel actually encompasses three separate rights, of which two have been notable for the for the uncertainty of their textual support. The first is the right of a citizen to move freely between states, a right venerable for its longevity, but still lacking a clear doctoral basis. The second, expressly addressed by the first sentence of Article 4, provides a citizen of one state who is temporarily visiting another state the privileges and immunities of a citizen of the latter state. The third is the right to a new arrival to a state who establishes citizenship in that state to enjoy the same rights and benefits as other state citizens. This right is often invoked in challenges to to rational residency requirements, which require that persons reside in the state for a specific period of time before taking advantage of the benefits of that state's citizenship. Challenges of residency requirements have traditionally been made under the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, blah, blah, blah. And then they reference different cases and things. But that seems to explain it a little bit. It's governed under the Privileges and Immunities Clause which prevents a state from treating citizens of other states in a discriminatory manner. Additionally, a right of interstate travel may be plausibly inferred from the clause. So that's what it is. So it's not directly... It's not directly stated, no. Okay, this is just kind of a interpretation thing. Right, so it says here, like, section 1 under Article 4, which is the states, each state to honor all others. Full faith and credit shall be given to in each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of every other state. So, yes, uh, that that's what they're doing. That That's how they're referencing it. That's the interpretation of it. So they interpret it as the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. So that's that's how they're referencing it. That's how it's been interpreted okay. from the uh, from the. Uh, the other cases that they've had for precedent for it. So in other words, it's being interpreted that way, but you're not guaranteed the right directly. Not directly, not directly, but you'd have a hard time having that overturned. You'd need, there's so many precedents on that that they've ruled in favor of. So you'd have a hard time losing that case if that's, if that would be how you would go about it. Depends on the uh, precedent that's being set. Currently. Well, yes, that's like, true. Like, I don't know, pandemic and <laughs> yeah. uh, but having a judge that would split the vote and it be, I don't know, Roberts and his track yeah. record. I don't know. I mean, it, you you could possibly yeah. you know, get that thrown out or, or lose that case. But yeah. 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 What, what were we talking about anyway? Uh, we were talking about the um, Kentucky. Oh, the Kentucky um, thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, they are hanging mannequins and effigy down there to uh, Governor Andy Bashir. So uh, and I tell you something, those people are not very happy down there. And Rand Paul was right when he called him out of control. So he's, he's just behaving like a complete fool down there. So anyway, I watched one of his press conferences not long ago, and I swear I, th- I felt like I was four years old being lectured to on Sesame Street. That's what it looked like. The only thing that was missing was a was text at the bottom of the screen and a little bouncing ball. That's all it was missing from his uh, his press conference. <laughs> I, I, seriously, that's how it was. Right. These yeah. people are pathetic. They're pathetic. Yeah. They're absolutely pathetic. 
It's laughable. I'm ashamed as an American who's a common sense thinking person and can see right through these people. I'm ashamed to know that this is what we have that represents us. These people are trash. They they are they are political psychopaths that come from the dregs of society. That's where these people come from. They couldn't make it in the private sector. They couldn't create a product or a service that anybody wants. So they have to do something else. They have to go into politics so they can actually make a name for themselves because they couldn't do it anywhere else. They couldn't build anything. These people aren't built. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. All right. Um, let's talk about bars and restaurants, right? Bars and restaurants are going to start reopening. Yes. I mean, this is what's going mm-hmm. on over there. Are all the restaurants open in your town? Are you starting to see a, a good reopen now? I mean, uh, as far as I'm aware, everything here is pretty much a go. That's good. That's good. Actually, I hadn't asked you that up until this point. I mean, I know you told me things were starting to slowly reopen, but that's good. All right. So bars and restaurants are going to start reopening. Now, there is a certain set of guidelines for bars and restaurants that are going to be reopening. The CDC has released them. Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they, they might as well just put the stuff up there in crayon. You talk about liability, right? You talk about liability. That's everything that's on this, right? I'm going to go through this list, okay? Bars and restaurants, right? The purpose of this, right? This is to assist businesses in the food service industry, such as restaurants and bars, in making reopening decisions for the COVID-19 pandemic. It's important to check with the state and local health officials and other partners to determine the most appropriate actions while adjusting to meet the unique needs and circumstances of the local community. The only people that are hindering the opening of business right now are state governors and city mayors. That's the only problem in all this. That's the problem in this. Do you want to know what the biggest crisis is in all this? It's not the pandemic. It's not a virus. That's not the crisis. The government is the crisis. This is what's causing the crisis is the is the government. That's the biggest problem. Mismanagement of government is causing this crisis. That's what's going on here. Okay. So if you're a business, if you're a um, if you're a restaurant or a bar and you're going to reopen, you're trying not to go bankrupt. This is what you should consider when you open. Will reopen these are the questions you should ask yourself. Will reopening be consistent with applicable state and local orders? Well, if they're ordering your business to be closed and they're harassing the hell out of you, which Bruce, we've been hearing stories about that, haven't we? What they're doing, what some of these states yeah. are doing. They're uh-huh. sicking CPS on people. They're, they're uh-huh. slapping them with thousands of a thousand dollar fines. What they do to that barber? You remember that thousand dollars for each patron uh-huh. that came in? Yeah. For every haircut, a thousand dollars in one year in jail. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's yeah, that's about public health. Yeah, sure. Uh, are you this is the second question. Are you ready to protect employees at higher risk for severe illness? How in the world can you do that? From any standpoint, business owner or not, how can you protect people from a higher risk of severe illness? How can you do that? You know something? This is a legitimate concern now. If this is the kind of trend they're going to be pushing, they're going to either, well, either you'll you'll sign a, a you know, like a waiver or something, you know, and say you won't sue the company if you do get sick. But this is also going to make it more difficult for people with pre-existing conditions to get a job because businesses are going to look at their health and be like, yeah, we can't hire you because you're a risk. You're a liability mm-hmm. and they're only going to hire the healthy people. So how are they going to survive? Well, see, Bruce, this is why we all need to just stay home. Yes. If, if we all stayed home and and uh, did what we were told, this would all be over sooner. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, it was only supposed to last for 14 days. Right. OK. Uh-huh. So if you answered no to any of those questions that I said or that I asked, if you answered no to either one of those, then you do not open. 
Okay, there's a big red stop sign looking thing right here that says do not open. So if you've answered yes to those questions, then guess what? You can open, but you have to ask yourself the following things. Are recommended health and safety actions in place? Do you promote healthy hygiene practices such as hand washing and employees wearing a cloth face covering as feasible? Okay, so you got to have all that. Intensify cleaning, sanitation, disinfection, and ventilation. It's got to be done. Encourage social distancing and enhance space at establishments, including by encouraging drive-through, delivery, curbside pickup, spacing of tables, limiting party sizes and occupancy, avoiding self-serve stations, you can kiss buffets goodbye, restricting employee shared spaces, no break rooms. Yeah, that's what that means. Rotating or staggering shifts. So they're going to tell you how to run your business now and how to cover people, and they're, they're going to dictate that. If feasible, see, it's feasible first, right? Then then they'll mandate you do it like, do it like that through the B3. Train all employees on health and safety protocols. Employees get that training anyway. I can't tell you a single orientation of every company I've ever, I've ever done business with that has not put me through something that gives me health and safety tips. And it's always those, those ridiculous uh, scripted things. You know what I mean? Like you've probably seen them before. Just the, uh, you know, the, the horribly made ones. You know, it looks like a couple of guys mm-hmm. with, a, with a video camera did it. But anyway, mm-hmm. if you answered no to any of those, then you have to stop what you're doing and you have to meet safeguards first. OK, so the next thing, if you answered yes, though, to all of that, if you're going to do all that, then you can move on to the next section. Is ongoing monitoring in place? Develop and implement procedures to check for signs and symptoms of employees daily upon arrival as feasible. Are you serious? You're going to do that every day. As a business owner, you're going to do that every day. Really? You're going to mandate that businesses do that, that owners do that? You've got to be kidding me. Encourage anyone who is sick to stay home. People should naturally do that anyway. They don't. But they should naturally do that anyway. How many months have I been saying, Bruce, if you're how many months have I been screaming about if you're sick, stay home before the pandemic? I can't stand that. If you're sick, stay home, be responsible, do the responsible thing, stay home. Don't get anybody else sick, pandemic or not. Don't get anybody else sick. Plan for if an employee gets sick. Okay, what if you're shorthanded? What if you're short staffed? What what are they supposed to do then? More part time workers. So yeah, okay, all right, yeah, higher higher part time people. Yeah, okay. Regularly communicate and monitor developments with local authorities and employees. You know what that means? Report everything you have to contact tracing. That's what you do. That's what that Hello, means. Hello, please stay. Yeah. Monitor employee absences and have flexible leave policies and practices. See, paid leave. That's what that is. That's what that's what they want. They want paid leave. And you notice now that Bernie's coming back out with this paid leave nonsense, government paid leave stuff. Right. They've the the le- the progressive left in the United States has been pushing for for government paid leave and guaranteed paid leave for a decade now, for a solid decade. And they're going to push for it again with all this nonsense. And they're going to use it under the guise of public health. Everything's about public health now. All of it. The, the, this this cult, this sick cult is now. I mean, the, everything's about public health. Everything's about covid now, too. If you've got, they're changing, you have to understand, they're changing everything. They're changing everything to COVID. Now, everything, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have a cough, guess what you have? You have COVID. If you have a sneeze, guess what you have? You have COVID. If you have, I don't know, sweaty palms, you have COVID. So everything is being changed to COVID. Why? Because fear is a greater weapon than a virus. As long as they can continue to make sure that everyone's got it right? Everyone's diagnosed with it. Everyone's all in this together. Then they can own that agenda and they can then track, trace, control, and legislate 
everything based around that because it's for your own good, right? If it saves one life. Oh, that uh, one life garbage. That, that one life garbage. When a government comes out and says that they are in the business now of protecting us from ourselves... We've got a bigger problem on our hands. Moving right along here. Be ready to consult with... uh, See, this is is contact tracing right here. Be ready to consult with the local health authorities if there are cases in the facility or an increase in cases in the local area. So if you can meet everything that I just mentioned, all of it, all of it to the letter, if you can meet everything on that list, then guess what? You can open your business and you can monitor everything. So that's so, where, where businesses are. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to pick this apart. First okay, of all, yeah. very first one. Well, reopening consists with the applicable state and local. It doesn't say laws; it says orders. So, in other yes. words, the governor mm-hmm. says shut down. Um, I'm sorry, your emergency powers are null and void. It only lasts for 30 days. So. If I choose to reopen my business, I can't. Are you ready to protect employees at high risk for severe illness? Sure. Sign a waiver. Otherwise, you don't get to work here. Where's liability protection? Where's Congress on this? Where's liability protection for these businesses? Yeah. I mean, if if I'm a business owner, like I said, I'm not going to hire people that are at risk, that are older, immunocompromised, that kind of stuff. I'm only going to hire the people that are, you know, unless I can have them work from home or something. Right. And that's Uh, that's not fair to them. That, that's not fair to them. No. What, what's what's the person who's like f- five years away from retirement that can't retire yet? What are they supposed to do? Let's say they're, they're immunocompromised. What are they supposed to do? Where's liability protection? If they don't care, if they don't care, if they would rather be out there and would rather take their chances, that's their choice. That's their yeah. choice. <laughs> and then moving on, the the hygiene one, washing hand, you know, healthy hygiene mm-hmm. practices. Yeah. OK, fine. Uh, that, all right. Fine. Yeah. I would rather you come in and, and smell decent and look nice and clean and, you know, hand washing. Obviously, you should be doing that anyway. The face mask, unless you're in like there's an element of, for example, like food service, right? Like you're a, you're a cook or someone in the back there messing with food and stuff. I'm OK with uh, having them wear a face mask and the hairnet and all that stuff. Standard. No pandemic, no nothing. I would rather you right. not breathe and smell food while you're it, that's just you know that's just me cleaning sanitization disinfecting and ventilation some of the places are just nasty i'm not gonna go through all of them but the social distancing one if i own a restaurant i'm sorry i'm not going to sacrifice 50 percent of my capacity to meet those standards if i need that restaurant to be close to capacity to operate you know depending on what the costs are and whatnot and and, and the profit margin and all that kind of stuff I'm not going to do that. I'm, I've, I don't care what the CDC says or the state. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have to run my business, you know, and if, I, mm-hmm. if that's what I have to do to stay afloat, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then the one that really, really annoys me, this one really gets me, regularly communicate and monitor development with authorities. So if anybody gets sick, you have to identify the person that got sick and give their personal information to authorities. That's basically what it's saying. And your boss has to monitor you even more. Uh, as well as any kind of uh, absences and having. Uh, so what are they considering an absence? You get up to go to the restroom or something? Is, is that considered an absence? <laughs> or are they considering I, it as in like, that's very vague. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It just, I don't know. This this whole thing with, um, they're using this as a power play. And this is going to be our dystopian police state if we continue on this road. If we continue going down this with this pandemic stuff, do you think, uh, let's let's use it for example, some of these um, taxes and stuff that we see the government implement, right? We implement a new tax. Uh, we're, we're making a new road, okay? 
and they raise taxes ever ever so slightly to pay for this new road. Does that tax ever end? We still have taxes from back in the early 1900s that still exist, that we're still paying for. Some states are still paying for taxes that they created to be a short-term thing and have never ended. Do we think the government's going to back down on these regulations? Because if it saves one life, we have to do it. So no, you give them an inch, they take a mile. Uh, people need to start resisting, uh, you know, stand yeah. up for your rights. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the uh, you mentioned there about taxes at the turn of the century. You know, we didn't have an income tax until 1913. Yeah. Did you know that? Did, and yeah. do you know, do you know what we got in 1913? Uh, other than an income tax? The Federal Reserve Bank. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's not Same thing with the. Yeah, same thing with the unconstitutional property tax, I might add. I'll just throw that in there with it. Now, speaking of bars and restaurants, okay, my native state of Ohio, back in the U.S., undercover agents are now going to be enforcing state health rules at restaurants and bars. So it says here, these agents are part of the Ohio Investigative Unit, which is made up of plainclothes peace officers responsible for enforcing Ohio's alcohol, tobacco, and food stamp fraud laws. Along with looking for criminal activity, see, they have to couple it with that. Officers now are tasked with watching for potential violations of the state's health order for restaurants and bars to safely operate during the coronavirus pandemic. Out of curiosity, how long does it take to do an electronic background check? Are you talking about like a NICS check or something? Like federal? No, just something the the average person could have access to. Just uh, whether it's a uh, corporation or business or something, is it just like momentarily just enter the name? And I mean, well, we have these public record lookups that we can do, you know, and that's yes. If that's the case. Yeah, if that's the case, I mean, you can pull public records in a matter of seconds. It's literally that fast. Hmm. Uh, so but- as as a business owner, uh, with that in mind, if it just takes a couple seconds, you want to come to my restaurant. If the state started doing this kind of thing, right? You want to you want to enjoy my restaurant or bar? I'm going to need some ID. Give us a moment while we background check you and see who you are. And if you come out clear, you can eat here. <laughs> well, see, Bruce, th- there's an easy there's an easy way to do this. Th- it's just do massive testing and then give everyone a little badge. That's all you mm-hmm. need to do. Mm-hmm. It says they're uh, they're they're all clear to. Uh, to, to go on about their business. Yeah. No, and you can only get no. in that restaurant with that or that bar with that little badge. Now, see, it makes so much mm-hmm. sense. It makes so much sense. Bunch of nonsense. The, the the officers that are tasked with this, I don't care who you are. Right. I don't I don't care who you are. You have a duty to refuse this garbage. You have a you, you took an oath. You swore an oath to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The people that are giving these orders are domestic enemies of the Constitution. Do you understand? This burns me to my core. This absolutely burns me to my core. I can't stand these people and how out of control they are and how you blindly have police officers that are following this. How you can go along with this is beyond me. You, you are some of the best men and women we've got over there in that uniform. Respect what you do, what you swore an oath to. Do not follow these orders. Sorry. Have we mentioned? I, I just, have, we I mentioned just, mm. have we mentioned the uh, you remember the gym that uh, we played the video for? Yes. And how the people were cheering when the, the police officer came in and said, you guys are all in violation. Yes. Have a good day. Have we talked about what happened just thereafter? OK, I knew that it had been rec- I knew that it had been closed back down. But you said that that was due to some type of a maintenance issue, like a, 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 yeah. a sewer, like a sewage pipe or something had bust inside. What, what's going on? Yeah. with that? I heard there was another side to that, but I didn't get to that part last night when I was reading about it yeah. because I got off on something else. So what what's going on with that, Jim? 
Well, an hour later, after all the cameras left, the police officer, the same one that said, have a nice day, came back and was arresting patrons that left the gym. And then the health violation that the, the you know, the, the somebody had taken paper towels and shoved a ton of paper towels deliberately down the toilets to clog the toilets to cause them to back up. And this was coming from the the guys that came in and had to clean out the pipes and everything. They had to come in with water blasters to blast it out. It wasn't like a snake or anything like that. They they came in with water blasters and blast the stuff out of the pipes. And they said, there's no way this was an accident. This was 100% intentional. And then the state says, which, by the way, how did the state know, uh, the health officials know, the day it happened that you were in a health violation, so you have to shut down? And they've never had a health official step in, set foot in their facility for the, uh, I forget how long, decade they were working or roughly, um, they've never had a health official step foot in there. So on top of that, I believe they have seven, they were given seven tickets or whatever. Uh, I forget how much money it was per ticket mm-hmm. between the owner and the, uh, between the two owners, right? The, the, the owner and the, the partner. And uh, they're targeting these guys pretty heavily. Uh, I just the the narrative we heard in the, in the beginning is is not quite accurate, and it it that that really burns me that the the state's doing that. And again, the the bit about the healthcare officials knowing, you know, or, or the state uh, health department knowing the day of it happened, kind of leads me to going, was it one of those health officials that did it to try to you know get at them, if you will? That was New Jersey, know. wasn't it, it? It leaves me suspect. I believe so. Do you think that it was sanctioned by Cardinal Joe Tobin of Newark? <laughs> I just I had to say it. I, I just had to say it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. No. Um, uh, and in this case, I, I, I legitimately don't think it was sanctioned. So, yeah, there's your problem. Well, you know, it's, that's that's what the governor of New Jersey says when he was asked about overriding the, uh, the U.S. Constitution. By what authority did you... Uh, did you seek before you decided to override the U.S. Constitution? And he called Cardinal Joe Tobin of Newark. So mm-hmm. that's uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that's what he did. Maybe maybe the, the Cardinal was involved with uh, with the closing of this gym. I mean, because the Cardinal does work out quite a bit. He's uh, he's he's really he's an in shape kind of guy. So, you know, maybe in the matters of public health, this is what uh, this is what's the result of it. Oh, that's uh, that's that's really messed up. Honestly. That's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stretch. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a uh, that that's awful funny. I I find that very coincidental. But see, this is what a lot of these uh, these dirty governors and dirty mayors are doing is they're harassing these businesses now and they're doing these little things to try and menace them. Let's say that like that's that's what's going mm-hmm. on now. So that mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. And that clip that we pulled that was from the local CBS affiliate in that particular um, that town. So it was out on the morning news. So if it was out and you've got a police officer, well, a group of police officers that are openly saying to the uh, to the city mayor and the city and the state governor, you you go to hell. We're not going to enforce your damn orders that are unconstitutional against the people. We're not going to arrest anybody. Then that looks bad. So they probably sent this, uh, those officers back down. I guarantee you that chief of police, that useless chief of police got a call and and buckled and sent his guys back down there to arrest him or he was going to suspend him without pay. I guarantee you that that's what's going on. I guarantee you. Because what happened to the good officer out in, uh, what was it, Washington in Seattle? He said, I'm not going to do this. This is not East Germany. We're, we're not going to stop and ask people for their papers. You know, we, we, don't, we don't do that in America. 
what happened to him? He was suspended the next day. Yeah. Well, after it went viral. Yeah. After it went viral. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about Trump here for a minute. This morning, you said Trump was a uh, was a troll, right? He he likes to troll people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which that's true. You know, he, he spends all day trolling the media. That's what he does. Well, now he's gone after Joe Scarborough. And he has said that, um, uh, he, he's they're calling this a conspiracy theory now. Now, it, is this a conspiracy? Do you know the backstory behind this? That this Joe Scarborough thing, do you, do you know the backstory behind this? I think is this the one where the um, the aide there, uh, was found yeah. dead in his office or something? Like yes, that? There, yeah. there was a dead intern found in his office, and it was like she, she had a um, apparently she she had she fainted, right? This is they, they found her in his office with her brains bashed in, okay? That's that's what it was, yeah. And yeah. the medical examiner concluded that her death was an accident and she fainted as a result of a heart condition and hit her head on the desk. Now, yeah. according to the the medical reports, she didn't have a heart condition, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where any of that came from, but Trump is now hitting at this. Now, this is the guy that he's the host of MSNBC's Morning Joe, and he's a critic of Trump. And he, I mean, he has been, but this is the guy that Trump calls Psycho Joe. <laughs> and he says that uh, a lot of this is Trump's tweet. A lot of interest in this story about Psycho Joe Scarborough, a young marathon runner just happened to faint in his office, hit her head on his desk and die. I would think there's a lot more to this story than that. An affair. What about the so-called investigator? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Let me see. And then Trump earlier claimed without evidence, of course, that the case is now a big topic of discussion in Florida, which there was never actually an investigation into it. And Trump called him a nut job with bad ratings and declaring to his followers, keep digging and use forensic geniuses. Did he get away with murder? Some people think so. What do you think about this? Do you you think it's possible? Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not taking sides here. Right. I'm not taking sides. And I'm not saying that this is some conspiracy theory. I'm not endorsing this. I'm just asking the question. Do you think that what Trump is doing is trolling or do you think that it's uh, a legitimate thing that he's he's trying to bring attention to? Well, uh, let's be honest. If what he stated was accurate and she was a marathon runner and then had a case of heart arrhythmia and died there on the spot, uh, you know, fell and hit her head. And um, yeah, that seems really sketch really really sketch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh she was what 28 i believe uh yes so a 28 year old in good health all of a sudden faints and 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 uh dies that uh hits her head and dies that um doesn't sound suspicious at all so uh, whether or not he's trolling i i, I don't right. know what his intention i don't know what his intentions are but uh yeah th- there needs to be something looked into there I mean, we're talking like I mean, this is like this is like 20 years ago, but there's no statute of limitations on murder. Right. If that's indeed the case here. But the, the question is, is but the medical report showed that she didn't have a heart condition. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just what I'm referencing here is it showed that she didn't have a heart condition. But then all of a sudden, yeah. as a result of a heart condition. Now, according to the medical examiner, it was an accident and she fainted as a result of a heart condition, but she didn't have a heart condition. So it it looks it doesn't look good. I'd heard this story about 10 years ago. I heard people making references to it in in the manner of, well, uh, when Joe Scarborough doesn't have dead interns in his office and uh, they're not getting their brains right. passed out, I thought, I thought, what is this? What is this? You know, what, what's going on here? Yeah. And so I, I started to look in a little bit further and come to find out. I mean, I, like I said, I knew this about 10 years ago of all this, but yeah, it come to find out here's this guy who's a host on a, a national you know, morning show on uh, on MSNBC 
And yeah, that happened. And it's like, well, there was never any investigation into it. Why not? I mean, there was never an actual investigation. You just had police show up and say, yeah, nothing to see here. I mean, that was it. You know, it was kind of like the Andrew Breitbart thing. Do you remember him? He was out for a a drink of uh, he, he had one glass or he had two glasses of wine. Andrew Breitbart, he had two glasses of wine in a bar that night when he met with somebody. Two weeks prior to that at CPAC, what did he say? I've got videotapes of Obama at communist meetings with the silver ponytails talking about how they're going to overthrow the country and I'm going then they're coming they're going to come out 2 weeks later he was 86 after two glasses of wine in a bar then the coroner who pronounced him nothing to see here move along nothing to see here move along and what happened to that coroner that coroner's not breathing anymore is he so yeah the, the, and there was never an investigation of that in into any of that uh, same thing here with with Joe Scarborough I'm not saying the guy's guilty at all I'm not saying that at all he he very well this could be a conspiracy theory I don't know the fact is is that there needs to it, if indeed it all got swept under the rug there needs to be an actual investigation if there's a murder that took place there then the right people need to answer for that crime I don't care who you are that's how it is here's the thing let's say Joe is innocent okay let's say he is and this conspiracy continues to haunt him. Would you not, even with your own money, uh, fund an investigation into this to prove your innocence? Sure. To, to, to put this to death once and for all? Sure. Uh, if, I mean, somebody was, if somebody was coming at me, I'd say, uh, what do you want me to do to prove it? You know, I, I'll yeah. do whatever you need. So what, what's right. it going to be? I'll give you access to whatever. And, and let's, you know, I'll, I'll get my defense up and let, let's go. Let, let's go. Let's, let, I want to get this cleared up because I got stuff to do. I don't have time for this. Exactly. And especially with the God, and it, it, I just out of compassion for the family on, on that kind of a tragedy, I would do everything within my power to make sure that was the case. You know, make sure it wasn't, you know, let's say I wasn't present in the office at the time that happened or something. And was it someone else that was there? Was it one of the other interns? Was it one of the other, uh, you know, Congress people? What was the outcome there or the situation there? So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if I was in that situation, I would be throwing everything I had at it to to, to solve that case. But that's not what we're seeing. In fact, we had uh, was it a phone radio show interview or something where he was joking about? Oh yeah, uh, with Don Imus. With Don Imus, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was about. I think that was yeah. about ten years ago when he gave that interview. When when he said something yeah. about um, that intern and Scarborough said, "Well, yeah, I just killed her." Yeah. And it was like, like you, you don't say that you, you, even as a joke, you don't do that as a joke. You don't do that. Not when it actually happened. Like uh, that's very insensitive to the family and everything. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just not something, it's not something I would have done. Not, not even in the like locker room talk, if you will, joking with buddies. I I absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I mean, there's no attention paid to that though. I I completely forgot about that. Uh, that clip until you brought that up. You're right. Wow. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. I wish I had that clip right now, but yeah, I, I think, yeah. yeah, I wish I had that clip. But anyway, yeah, that's, um, oh, I, I don't know. So look, if there was never an investigation into this and this is still resurfacing and you've got uh, family members that are saying that, you know, they're 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 still grieving over this. Well, then maybe they should ask for an investigation, a real one. You know, I mean, maybe that's uh, maybe that would be the the be all end all of it. Who knows? The fact is, is I mean, I'm a man of conviction. I believe in the justice system. I believe in the law and I believe everyone should be held accountable to the same letter of the law. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I don't care if you're a guy that sweeps a floor in a building somewhere. If you break the law, then you should be held accountable to the law, period. 
That's not debatable. And you get the same, uh, you got the same rights as everybody else, right? You got the right to a fast and free and speedy fair trial, all that stuff. So the fact is, is that if this is indeed the case, then investigators need to go in, you know, treat it as a cold case, right? Uh, Go back in and take a look at it. Any good investigator would do that. Let's end on this. Okay. So Germany, right? Germany is one of these countries where it's had the lowest death rate in the world when it comes to this pandemic. And they've done a fantastic job with keeping that number and smashing that curve. They've done a really great job with it. But a few things went into this. One, people did what they were asked, right? They, they went home and they uh, they stayed home for a couple of weeks and they, they knocked that curve down. And so now they're just doing stuff that's just kind of ridiculous, right? They they eased the social dist or excuse me, they eased the lockdown stuff, which we were never actually quote, uh, you know, I'm doing the air quote thing, locked down. That never really happened. It was more of, you know, these are the non-essential things and this is what we need to do. But businesses were still allowed to remain open. But they've done some crazy stuff here. Like they started to ease everything. And then a week after they started to ease everything, then they said, well, if you're going to if you're going to do all this stuff, then you have to wear masks. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why, why wouldn't you do that before? That, that doesn't make any sense. Well, now people are starting to understand that these things are nonsense. Same thing with the social distancing. These things are nonsense. This is not about a pandemic at this point. The masks, the masks are because they want to, the governments themselves don't want to admit fault. They don't want to look stupid or incompetent, which clearly they are. And they want to make it look like to the public that they are actually doing something to prevent you from getting it because there's nothing else that they can do. Right. And they don't want to to, to look like they're being blamed for the whole thing, which anybody that can see through this knows that they're this whole thing is a crisis of government mismanagement and not a crisis of a pandemic at this point. So the uh, Germany is essentially it's, it's almost like the U.S. You've got one big country and then you have individual states. So in Germany, you've got 16 states and you've got governors over each one of those states. Well, the governors are wanting to open everything up and get these restrictions completely out of the way. And I mean, gone, no masks, no social distancing, no nothing. Right. They want it all gone. So this is the this and the federal the federal government over here is saying no. So this is a reverse of what you're seeing in the U.S. It's kind of funny in, in a way. Because it's like everything there is being flipped over here. Here you have businesses that are open, that have remained open, that have, haven't been an issue uh, to a great extent. I mean, they've had to close down the insides, but they've still been allowed to remain open. And here, though, the uh, the governors want all of it gone within like 10 days from now. Is what, you know, that that soon they want it gone. The, the order was to be through June 5th. And the governors are saying, look, you know, we, we don't want to do any more of this. We, we want to get back to um, life as normal. Uh, the federal government saying, no, uh, we need to do this carefully, responsibly, blah, blah, blah. And again, this is a complete mismanagement of things. You've got people on the ground in these state, these, these respective German states that are saying, hey, look, this is what we're being told from the people in our locales. And these are the steps we want to take to reopen. Cases are not spiking. I don't care what the Associated Press says. The cases are not spiking. People are not falling over dead in the streets. It's not happening. The hospitals have been largely empty through this whole thing. I mean, there's a hospital down the road for me. It's been it's been empty from the start of this. So this uh, th- this idea that we're going to continue this, this has got to uh, this has got to stop. I can see people now that are visually getting frustrated in stores and such. They're, they're visually getting frustrated and people are ripping these things off for fun. You know, the, these masks. I was at the gym today because my gym reopened and I've been going no masks. You know, they, they, you don't you don't have to wear a mask in there. However, the staff still has to wear them, but they don't I mean, they don't put them over their faces. They just kind of have them hanging down and then they're going around. And, you know, when they talk, they just pull it out of the way, you know, kind of thing. Everybody knows that this is a joke. 
right? Everybody knows that this is a joke at this point. The police haven't been enforcing this stuff, meaning the police have been told to hand out 50 euro fines, which is about $50, somewhere along in there, a little bit, a little bit more than $50. But the police haven't been enforcing it. You know, hell, where I live, there isn't even a police department. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's not even a police department. So even if you had people that were saying, oh, well, uh, I'll get the police over here to, uh, to, to fine you for not wearing a mask, where are you going to find them? They have to come from like 15, 20 minutes away. To, to get out here to uh, and I'm not outside the city that far. So it's um, it, it's a complete joke. It, it's a joke at this point and, and they know it. So th- like I said, this is not about a pandemic. This stopped being about a pandemic 14 days into it. That's when it stopped being about a pandemic. And now it's just become uh, a pandemic of government mismanagement. That's what this has become. As a matter of fact, that's what we're going to call this today. A pandemic of government mismanagement. That's what it is. This whole thing, everything that we're doing now is based on incompetence. All these contact tracings, all these uh, all these rules, these little spies you're going to put in bars and things like that in Ohio. You know, that's pathetic. That's pathetic. And the people that do that work, you're pathetic, you know, to spy on your own people like that. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Take a job like that. What's wrong with you? So if it saves one life, if it saves one life, the idea of my, my issue is, is that this is a, a mismanagement nightmare. That's what this has turned into. And. I've never seen I, when I've gone back and I've, I've read about government mismanagement. I'm talking about times in the Soviet Union, times in uh, Venezuela, times in Cuba, times in I mean, places where socialism has reigned. OK, the incompetence of government in China as well. Now, I'm not talking about socialism, I'm talking pre-socialism. When you had uh, mass famines in, in areas of the world like China, you've had massive government mismanagement that has caused this. This is the bigger danger here. This is not about a pandemic. This is about a government grabbing control. That's all I had today, Bruce. Is there anything else you uh, you wanted to get into today? Uh, just a final comment on that is, uh, do you really trust the government, as efficient as they are, to run a, uh, well, I was going to say healthcare system, but more specifically, the, the, the contact tracing? Do you think they're going to do a good job with this and you know, not abuse it in any way, you know, um, look you being serious. Are you being serious? And you being serious? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking a listener. Do you, do you really, do, do you really support the idea that, you know, the, the government has your best interests in mind and they're not out to, uh, protect themselves and ensure their own reelection or their own validity for the future. And that's what I would, le- uh, would like to leave the listener with. That's a uh, that's a valid point. All right. Um, you're good. Nothing else? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to end there. Uh, thank you for your time today, Bruce, and I will see you tomorrow. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 